Hey, Kevin, you could make a lot of money if you did that. You could say, hey, I was Newsletter? Right. Yeah. There's a guy I, I receive his, uh, it's called the iFod, the interesting fact of the day. His name is John Jennings in St. Louis. He puts one out. He used to do it every single day. Now he's cut back a little. He's been doing it for five years. He makes a prediction every year about the market, and it goes like this. The market might go up, might go down. That's his prediction every that, year. That is, oh, my gosh. He's a genius. I know. How did he come up with that? I mean, how did he? <laughs> years did he, and years of study. How did he corner that so well? I mean, that's, that's incredible. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another, and hopefully you too. Kevin, we're going to have a guest with us on the next episode next oh, week. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm going to, I'll let you know. No, don't even tell me. I want to okay. be surprised. You want to be like surprised? Yeah. Okay. We have a guest confirmed, booked. We're gonna, we're oh, we're all set for next week, our very first guest. So I'm excited about that. Through conversations in previous episodes, I believe we've established the true spirit and intention of faith segments of this podcast as listener-friendly. We present matters of faith on a level which is accessible to everyone listening, regardless of where they are located on the path of spiritual transformation. This includes listeners who believe they are not on that path and listeners who may have been wounded by harmful and healthy Christians or traumatized by negative faith or church experiences. I'm mentioning this now because I'm about to talk about a season in the church which seems highly formal and high church and may seem only applicable to the deeply devoted and committed Christian. Ash Wednesday occurred earlier this week and we are a few days into the season of Lent. I want to talk about this because both offer a good and friendly opportunity to make space for God and connect with God. Let me get the formal part out of the way and explain it for our understanding. Ash Wednesday is considered by most to be an exclusively Catholic tradition, but other Christians also observe the holiday. It's not only Catholic. Catholics. In an Ash Wednesday service, a priest or worship leader applies ashes to a person's forehead in the form of a cross and usually says either remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return from Genesis 3.19 or they might say repent and believe in the gospel. The ashes symbolize the dust from which God made us and they also symbolize grief that we have sinned and caused division from God. The ash cross on the forehead is meant to represent our mortality and penance for sin. You have any questions? Did not grow up with the tradition. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, primarily Catholic. I wasn't Catholic. Never, never have been familiar with it. I've seen people with the ashes on their forehead in the shape of a cross. First time I saw that, I was really confused. I was like, hmm, you know, wear that all day. Yeah. And they did. So, yeah, I don't really know much about it other than it's a tradition I've never participated in. Let me just talk in terms of what would be helpful for our listeners and applicable to people participating in this podcast. Sure. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the church's Lent season. By design, it's six weeks that are set apart for the purpose of drawing closer to God and seeking Him with greater intensity. 
My heart for every faith portion of this podcast is to enhance our listeners' spiritual lives by presenting invitations to make space for and connect with God. The Lenten season presents that for us. It calls us to stop and enter more intentionally into the disciplines of prayer, self-examination, and repentance for the purpose of coming to or returning to God with all our hearts. We have an invitation to embrace the season of Lent and be intentional about entering or restoring a friendly relationship with God. There is no better time than the present. There's certainly no better friendly time than the present, especially because so many people in the Christian community for the next six weeks are also going to be focused on making space for God. So if you go public in any way and you don't want to stand out, you won't. So, listener... If you want to connect with God during this time of Lent, I have some scripture and some suggestions which will help us do that. I'm going to hold those until the end of today's episode so we can end on an upbeat and good note. Kevin, I know you want to follow up on the Super Bowl, and please do, because that will give me a reason to tell you what I've discovered about Patrick Mahomes. I forgot this last time we recorded, and I was scrolling through my notes, and I saw it. I was like, oh, shoot, should have brought this up. If you haven't listened to previous podcast about the Super Bowl indicator, I'll just put that burden on you to go check it out so I don't have to explain it here. But I have some data from 2000 through 2022 with respect to the Super Bowl indicator, coded yes and no, which means they're either right or wrong. So what are those? What are those? 22 years? We had from 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20 where the Super Bowl indicator was wrong every single year. You might remember the J.P. Morgan person in charge of content said this is accurate 77% of the time or yes. 73. Right. Well, there's five years in a row it was wrong. It was correct in 21 when the Buccaneers won. Incorrect in 2022 when the Rams won. So six out of the seven last years has been wrong. If I take it back to uh, 2006, four straight years where it was wrong again, six, seven, eight, nine. The message I want you guys to hear on this, every time you hear one of these things, I want you to have a default reaction of, that just doesn't sound like that could be mathematically accurate. The biggest issue with all these is the data sets are not large enough. It'd be like if you were flipping a coin. Exactly. It would be possible to flip heads 8, 10, 12 times in a row. Possible. Not likely, but possible. So when you see something like, well, the Super Bowl indicator or the World Series winner is going to cause a recession or whatever it is, you immediately should just question it and go, how long has that study been going on? How much data is involved in it? And is it correlated or is it cause and effect? Because correlation does not equal cause and effect. So those are the default reactions I want you to have on every single study you see. Obviously unknown about 23, but if history would repeat itself, the Chiefs won in 2020. We were supposed to have a market that went up. The market went down. So we got all this weird stuff going on. We'll see what 23 brings, but just don't put any weight on it. Don't make any bets based on that. My general rule of thumb on the, those type of indicator things, Phillies win, markets down. AFC wins, markets down. Donald Trump tweets, markets down. <laughs> I don't pay attention to any of those things. Most of those things that are correlate with the market is just nonsense and foolishness. It is. Yeah. I, I found this as breaking news. Patrick Mahomes is now under investigation as the NFL completely overhauls its drug testing program. He's the uh, latest target of the NFL's crackdown on performance and enhancing drugs. You may not be aware of this, but he had an ankle injury in the championship game. Right. And he didn't miss a practice, didn't miss a game, performed as if he didn't have it. And then it turns out that he's using this off-market supplement called High Pump that is well known, as this reads, 
to NFL trainers to reduce inflammation and boost muscle growth by 150% in a matter of days. Patrick Mahomes is endorsing this product, and according to this article, he's say, saying, hey, the only reason that the NFL is cracking down on me is because I'm not letting them in on this deal. The NFL's just once once in on the deal. So that's why they're cracking down on me. Uh, but basically, it turns out to be an ad for High Pump. That's huh. the name of this male enhancement. High Pump? High Pump. Looks like an ad for supplements such as the. They've got a guy who is, uh, they have a comparison side-by-side picture. And it's not even the same guy. Right. I mean, I look at this and it's like, here, let me blow this up so you can so you can see it. Unfortunately, I don't have my glasses on. But but maybe let, that's big enough you can I'm, see. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like the same guy, right? I mean, if you look, sure, take a quick look. Sure it does. Look at the same guy. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh, there is not a snowball's chance in hell. No. That's the same guy because the it caption is the same says guy, they could have after one week. One week. Listener, well, that's quite impressive. Yeah. yeah the first guy no pack first to guys, an pack. Yeah. This product is supposed to help you lose weight one and gain week. bone. And in one week, he went. Listener, the abs on the guy on the left, to produce these abs in one week, my God, sign me up if I can do that. Yeah, I can tell you right now, that's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. And one guy's not smiling, the other guy is, so it's like, you know, to the quick Yeah, quick the one that has the, the abs yeah. is probably the smiling one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was in week one, and then they go through all these weeks, and then will it work for you, our verdict, and then you can get a free sample. So I guess in a way, me talking about it, does that mean I'm endorsing it? I'll say, hey, high pump, I've put your product or maybe Patrick Mahomes. Maybe I should say, Patrick, Hey, well, you know, it's going to happen because then, my phone's listening to everything we're talking about. A, I'm going to get a high pump ad sometime today and I'm going to blame it on you. Yeah, I don't know how much it costs. Does the cost really matter if you can look like that? No, but if you get maximum strength, I don't think there's another strength. That's maximum strength. 854 <laughs> milligrams until it's new and improved. Fast acting may support performance, testosterone, energy, and stamina. Is this dietary supplement doesn't seem like a performance enhancing drug. This sounds like an erectile dysfunction drug. That's what it seems like. The rumor is going to come out of this podcast is that Patrick Mahomes is on erectile dysfunction. (laughs) I I don't know. Let me see. Let me click this. Oh, please don't click. Claim your free bottle. (laughs) And then let me type this in here. Do not touch that. (laughs) Bartolacci. You just put my address in there. Yeah. Asking for a friend. Gee, thanks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The other issue I had was uh, some financial news. The uh, government has revised the economic growth at the end of 2022. They previously estimated an annualized GDP of 2.9. They reduced that down to 2.7. Initially, the market reacted very positively to that news. And this goes back to something we've talked about in the past, the old good news equals bad news stuff or bad news equals good news on the market. So with the economy not appearing to be as hot, real highly technical term there, <laughs> at the end of 22, there's now some speculation that the Fed won't be as aggressive in 23 with the rate hikes. That's all I got. I've got a financial topic. I've got that. This really is going to be an F-bomb, but it is of a financial nature. It's been something that's aggravated me for years. Drives me nuts. This has been a big, big deal to me, and I'm talking about Property taxes, personal property tax. I'm glad to have you across the table here where we can talk about I'm not this sure I'm glad to be here. Because you can maybe help me make some more more sense of, I mean, I get it. I get that we need revenue to cover, cover other things. 
I get that if we remove personal property tax, I need to say this as a caveat because it will help people understand that I understand how pointless my argument is. And my argument is to just do away, get rid of, abolish property taxes so that we do not have them. I know why they exist. I know how they came into existence. I know people have them. We're not the only ones who have them. But I would like to get rid of them because of how much unfairness and ridiculousness goes with them. And primarily, where where this aggravates me the most and where I get worked up the most is in relation to automobiles. Okay. That's the first time I've said automobiles in a long time. This Google search says, which U.S. state has no property tax? And this answer says, unfortunately, there are no states without a property tax. So I guess we can't okay. escape that in the United States of America. So there are no states in America without That's what it says. personal property tax. And I thought Texas had something unique. Maybe they, they may have maybe a, they exempt your car from personal property. That is possible. Because I know when Olivia lived there, we were talking about it. I, I don't think cars count. To my point. Thank you, Kevin. To my point. A car is what brings this to our podcast today. Okay. So my daughter just turned 24 this week. She's well into adulthood. She's got her own place. She's living her own adult life. And she's driving around this car that is really not her car. So last year I said, you know what? I'm just going to give you that car. She's taken care of everything financially for it for some time now. So it really should be hers. We talked about this last year and I said, hey, I'm going to dig the title out for that car. And we're going to go through the process of me gifting it to you so that you can have the title in your name and I don't have to pay personal property tax on it anymore. Let's do that. I'll make sure and get that done. And then it didn't happen. So the year passes, we get to December 31 and sometime in January, we come back to it and I say, okay, let me just take care of all this now. Last year, she did not have to have a vehicle inspection for the car, but because I'm selling the car, it has to have an inspection. Oh, She got the car inspected last week. This particular auto shop did not just do a vehicle inspection, but they did a complete analysis of the whole car with recommendations and were also a little picky on what did not pass. So it didn't pass. She has a crack in the taillight and a tear in the wiper blade. The tear in the wiper blade, I think anybody would fail that. That's a safety factor. So I'm like, I'll get the part and we'll replace the wiper and then she could take it back to the same place. It can get a pass inspection and then she's got everything she needs to transfer this title. This is why it's coming up today. I see on the paperwork that I'm filling out where I'm selling it, that the paperwork has to be turned in from 30 days of the date of selling. In all honesty and vulnerability, I'm filling this paperwork out in January, putting a date that I sold it in December so that I don't own it in 2023 wow. on paper, right? I got you. I've got to change the date that I sold the car. So I changed the date to her birthday, which was February 20th. Our personal property tax assessment is supposed to be turned in by March 1st. If I do gift the car to her, How's that going to affect my property taxes? I went online to see about this whole issue. The property that you own on January 1st is what you are taxed Taxed on on for the coming year. If I sell the car on January 2nd, I still have to pay the personal property tax on that car because I owned it on January 1st. Correct. There are no stipulations. No pro ratas. Whatever you own on January 1st. What you own on January 1st. F-bombs, the bomb in there is for explosive. I get explosive over personal property tax. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to borrow a phrase that my wife's grandfather used to say, Pages, 
It just peeves me off or peeves me off. I'm going to sell every piece of property that I have, except for maybe one thing. I'm going to sell it on December 31st. I'm going to buy it back on January 2nd. Who's going to buy it from you? I'll, I'll work out a deal. <laughs> They're going to pay taxes on it when they own oh, it. I see, the, I see there's, a flaw. there's a flaw in my plan. <laughs> you need to find someone that's there? not listening to yeah. our podcast so they don't know the secret. Right. That, yeah, there's a flaw in my it plan. It should give you several million choices. I don't like the fact that the bill comes during the holiday season. Yeah. yeah I can't even put a word for that. It's a little rough to have yes. your year-end stuff due, your property taxes, if you're quarterly filing. Right. Your and taxes, you got your January 15th payment due. Yeah. Right. It's a little overwhelming. Mostly overwhelming because you're also paying for, most people are trying to figure out a way to pay for Christmas gifts. Right. And other holiday expenses yep. that they have, yep. they tend to come out end of November, first of December, and yes. and then you've got to get it paid by December thirty first. Yep. Where there's a penalty. I know many people that probably could not get three or four hundred dollars for their car if they were to sell it, but their tax on that, their property tax on that, is like two or three hundred dollars. In fact, since since uh, COVID, I think the rates are higher. Because the supply and demand for cars has changed significantly. Right. right. So I think for two years now, it's gotten higher. I know those taxes go to pay other things. So if we were to abolish it, we need to put it in whatever it is that helps it pay. I would feel better about that, but probably eventually I'd bitch about it probably at some point. So I don't know. It may be a, it may be a moot point. And the word is moot, not mute, which that would be an Correct. F-bomb I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Is how people misuse language. Yes. Moot. M-O-O-T. Is what you say when the when the question is moot. That is correct. Most There's many people. I won't say most, but I hear people saying mute all the time. I have heard it as well. It makes me kind of like, Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so Reverend Jesse Jackson, Saturday uh-huh. Night Live. The yes. point is moot. Yes. You remember that skit? I do. I it was a great that. skit. The next week, all of my friends and everybody would say that. Yeah. Point is moot. Yeah, it was a great little skit. While we're on this subject, and it's an F-bomb that just drives me crazy. Downey, the detergent company, and the product is Unstoppable. That's Un- the name of the thing. Unstoppables. Sell? What is this thing? What is okay. Unstoppables? It's not a related scent, to the Patrick Mahomes. It's a scent booster that oh. you put in your laundry. <laughs> Maybe it is. And it's stoppables or unstoppables? No, it is unstoppables. Okay. This is what drives me crazy, Kevin. This is what bothers me. It is misspelled. The product is unstoppables, spelled with one P. Unstoppables, as a word, is U-N-S-T-O-P-P-A-B-L-E. But the product is unstoppables. With one P? With one P. And it's plural. I've seen the product advertised where the writers and editors of the marketing material it, when they write it in their copy, they spell it correctly. Unstoppables with two P's. So I have really? seen I have seen on more than one occasion a description about the product that is pictured, and then in the picture with the caption of the picture, it's unstoppable with one P. Downey Company. What the I don't know what word to use here. Did you do this on purpose? Did you misspell it on purpose? Clearly it was a marketing choice. It was either a marketing choice from the beginning or when they realized it was a misspelling, they said, well, we got to keep it now because it's our trademark and, yeah. and the money and everything right. that would change it. But right. I'm curious to know that. But what's more interesting to me is that I've never, ever, 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 ever heard anyone else tell me that Unstoppables is misspelled. I said I never, 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 never. Kelly mentioned it. She she saw an ad, was watching an ad, and she said, 
They've misspelled unstoppable. I said, yes, they have. That bothers me. Yeah, I'm picking up on that. What uh, what really irritates me, what drives me <laughs> crazy is the word stoppage. So use it now, in a see, sentence for me. So, okay, I will use it in a sentence. All right. The first time I heard it, where I knew it was not right, and I said this, that is not a word, was several years ago watching a football game with an announcer who I think was a former athlete. I guess they were kind of speculating Will the coach call a timeout? When will they call a timeout? How are they going to manage the clock? And the person said, you know, they've got two stoppages that they can use talking about. What he meant to say was they have two timeouts. It stood out because I'm like, no, that's never been said. That was many, many years ago. Within a year or two, there are more sportscasters saying stoppage. I've heard it in other sports too, but primarily football is where I've heard it most. It will be said, and I instantly say stoppage is not a word. That's what I say. Stoppage is not a word. Stoppage is not a word. Now, it has become a word. Oh, yeah, that happens a lot. If you look at it now, it's become a word. And I know that that happens. It happens. But that part of etymology, I have not always appreciated. I am a writer. As a wordsmith myself, I pay attention to etymology quite a bit. Yeah. And so I understand this. So I think, and so that's what's happened. It's a word now, but it was not a word. So from my own educational background, we were in elementary school. Ain't. Back then, listeners, if you said ain't, you were corrected by your teachers, and they say ain't isn't a word. Well, it's in the dictionary now, to your point. You want to know what one of the biggest ones is? The most popular word that is not a word and was never a word is the word irregardless. Yes. That was never a word. It's a word now. It is now. I didn't know it had become a word. A good friend who I had this conversation with a long time ago, uh, because she was a person who appreciated words and appreciated proper Grammar in English, Jen Wilson, linked to me and posted on my wall an article about how people have used irregardless so much that yeah. it has become a word. Tagged me and linked me and said, unfortunately, Hartley Wright, this is now an official word. Thank you for that, Jen. I appreciated it at the time and I appreciate it now, although I really don't appreciate it because it shouldn't become a word. Again, we're at the etymology of how things become a word. This uh, just has a real quick origin from English and it appears to be some amalgamation of the two words, irrespective and regardless. Yes. Although people, when they've used it, they've never thought of irrespective. No. They're only thinking of regardless. I agree 100%. They call it a non-standard adverb. Yeah. Uh, my friend Joe Matos and I were working with a coworker, and they used the word irregardless. We both addressed it to this individual, making it clear that it's only regardless and not irregardless. And after we finished that, the person said, well, irregardless of all of that, and then went on to make his point that he had made before. Yeah. All right, so effect and affect. Oh, yes, that's that's the ones I struggle with the most. And that's understandable. Almost every time I have to kind of think, all right, what what am I saying here? And then I'll look it up. Of course, affect, as you know, is different than right. effect right so if i don't have it, the desire to actually look it up and see if i'm using it right i'll just try to remember cause and effect affect is different you know there are just times where yeah. i'm writing a sentence or i'm thinking about something and it'll be like typing along and i get to that spot i'm like i just have to stop yeah and the brain's trying to pull up the data i'm like i gotta make sure i get this right yeah affect is a verb Effect is a noun. English is tough. It's the and we have three words that are pronounced there. Exactly. One's a contraction, so technically yep. it's two words. They but, are, 
But yeah, can you imagine being a a non-English speaker and you're trying to learn this? You're like, oh, hold on. English is the second hardest language to learn. Behind what? Chinese. Oh. We have three different theirs. Yep. But. Heteronyms. Right. Things are inconsistent. So if I bake something, I can bake. I am baking something. When it's done, I baked. I'm going to go somewhere. And when I'm in the process, I am going. And once I arrive, I went. See the inconsistency? Sure. There? You're not gone. Yeah. Run, running, ran. Yeah. Yeah, so that inconsistency is what throws people off. Sleeped or slept? Well, it would be slept. That's what I would think. But it's a, but, but so I've you're, seen, you're using I've, the same, yeah. Sleep. I've seen it as sleeped. Sleep, sleeping, slept. So listen, and we just change words around. Yeah, we do. We, we add words. Yeah, we add words. We make up words. We make up words and like Making it up as we go. I was at a hockey game last week sitting in the rafters, and a person sitting in the spectator seat next to me screamed, as if the people on the ice could hear, right. screamed, don't let them get that stoppage. I lost it, man. I threw my arms up. I stood up. Is that when you walked out and texted That's me? That's when I walked out. <laughs> now the general public is using stoppage in you, sports. You just can't stop it. I just can't stop it. You can't it. stop the stoppage. That's what I want to say with stop Stop it. the stoppage. Stop That's the your campaigns stoppage. you need to get on. Yes. Oh, mercy. Oh, stoppage with the stop stoppage using unstoppables. That's right. Stop it. If you can't stop it, you might as well have it smell better. Okay, let's wrap up this episode and close with practical applications for participating in Lent. If you should desire and want to participate in some way of coming closer to God during this Lent season, let me just use as a foundational verse, as a place for all of us to begin, regardless of where you are, to keep in mind, to have in our heart from the book of Joel, chapter 2, Verse 12, and yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart. The question that I think is more important than what are you giving up for Lynn, I think the better question would be, how can I come to God? How can I become closer to God? How will I repent and to return to God with all my heart? It's a time to just be honest with God. Be as honest as we are able about the ways we have left God or the ways that we have never approached God. In Psalm 51, David wrote, you desire truth in my inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. That's a good verse. Uh, We can read scripture, we can be mindful, we can think about Lent readings or liturgical readings for Lent. Now you should probably spell that before someone does a word search. Oh yes, that's right, because there is Lent. (laughs) Because we just talked about Downey. Yes. You know, you don't want Lent in your life. So what do you Or your belly button. Yeah. What are you giving up for Lent? Well, Lent is one thing. I've been finding it in my clothes and right. in so my navel. L E L E N T. Make sure we get the right word if we're searching. Yes, and if you and if you do want to search and go for a liturgical calendar with Lent readings, it would be L I T U R G I C A L. You're not making a commitment to anything. You're just looking up scripture readings that are really focused on this idea of returning to God. Disciplines of people in Catholic and mainline faith that practice this season. They're engaging in the disciplines of fasting and prayer and repentance, forgiving others. I think those disciplines are incorporated into Lent because those disciplines have the potential to help us loosen the grip of sin and destruction in our lives. You know, prayer, fasting, self-examination. So these would be disciplines that you can you can do during this time. 
And the purpose for those disciplines is that we would become more finely attuned to our longing for God and seek him with all our hearts. If you are a person that's new to this or this sounds interesting to you or you're like, you know what, I could give it a shot. I could just be very simple about this and say I want to turn my attention and focus to God. Then some question could be, how will I give? Lent is all about giving things up, but you can balance those by who do I need to give to? Who's a person in need that I can give to? So how will I give? Another question could be, how will I pray? Maybe you need to learn to pray, and there are some resources out there that can help you with that. Maybe I'll put some of these resources in. I'll put these in the show notes. All right. Forgiveness that I mentioned would be another good question. Who do I need to forgive, and from whom do I need to seek forgiveness? That's probably a bigger question. And then how will I fast? What's important to pay attention there is what is distracting me from my relationship with God? What do I need to abstain from in order to create more space for God and more attentiveness to God? Really just think about what's distracting me from God. What do I need to give up that can give me more space to focus on God? That's it. Simple. Nutshell. Perfect. And let me ask you a calendar question. Easter is not the same day every year. No, it's not. I know there's a rhyme and reason behind that. But Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, is always the day before Ash Ash Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. And is it always the exact number of days before Easter? It's not the, it's six and a half weeks. Six and a half weeks. Right. Okay. And it will always be that combination, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Sunday. Yes. And exactly. just depending on some Gregorian calendar or something, it's based, it rotates. Right. It's not the Gregorian calendar. It's basically has to do with uh, sun. I think it's, yeah, it has to do with how the sun and... Boy, I used to know this and could quote it. I looked it up once, but I don't but it, remember. It, does, it, ha- it has to do with planets and rotation, like where we're at in rotation yeah. and the sun and everything. That's, yeah. what, that's what determines when Easter is. It's, it's based on that. Got it. Yeah. So, well, this has been fun for me. <laughs> I don't know how fun it's been for you. It's been great. I don't great. know how fun it's been for the listener. But I do appreciate all the time given... Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we've got a guest. Kevin wants to surprise me. Be surprised. Yep. So we'll all be surprised. Hope you'll join us. Thank you very much. Good day. Good luck. Be blessed. And have a good start to your Lent season. Perfect. Whatever it would be. And do not say stoppage. Please, for me. Thank you. This podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only, and is not a replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable but do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.